everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Home Run, home run Applesauce's minor league podcast. I messed up the intro six words in. We're off to a great start without Steve here. Uh, our erstwhile leader is unfortunately sick. Get well soon, Steve, because I don't like doing this. Uh, I am your stand-in host, Lucas Vlahos, and I'm joined by uh, Ken and Thomas. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. good. How are you? Good. We're all doing better than Steve, apparently. <laughs> I did want to riff. Usually, I have a riff here uh, because I like interrupting. I wanted to bug Thomas about the ending to God of War because it was really good, but you know, don't know that we have time for that now. It's it's hard because um, there's already less structure when Steve's not here. Yeah, exactly. So. It's, it's, I'm already just wheeling everything. It's it's all it's going to be a disaster to get yelled at by Brian later. It's a whole thing, you know. We could welcome Steve back with a distraction next week. Excellent. Perfect. Um, well, uh, we'll jump right into promote, extend, trade. Um, Cinco de Mayo is coming up, uh, which means uh, we have the uh, really uh, exciting and fun uh, Copa um, uh, logos, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But in keeping with that theme, uh, we're going to have a Mexican food themed uh, promote, extend, trade, which is basically what Steve wanted us to do in the first place. I'm going to alter his idea slightly and ask about form factors. So promote, extend, or trade these uh, delivery systems for Mexican food. Tacos, Amazing. burritos, or tortas. Discuss. Mm. <clears throat> That's tough. Because all three are good, like just the baseline. Yes. Like yep. me well, trading are we one. Ranking, um, are we ranking like how they hold up? What? I mean, based on your personal preference, right? Like, Because they all are better at different like let's presume that you're eating them like fresh you're not like throwing it in the fridge and eating it in six hours because then i think tacos fall off pretty hard yeah i i would i would say burrito wins that one yeah but let, let's say you're you're showing up to your favorite uh i was gonna say taqueria but that implies they only make tacos or something your favorite mexican joint and deciding i want to eat x today what are you getting okay perfect got it probably a burrito Burrito? Okay. With or without rice? With. With. Alright, I'm even when I when I get burritos, I'm a without rice guy. I want like actual fillings, not But I, I really like rice, so like okay, that's I, fair. I, I can, can I do a diabetic version of this once we're done? <laughs> that's I, actually I, you know, I'm sorry, Ken, I didn't even consider that I'll when go, throwing I'll this. Go I'll go I'll go on a I'll go to rant at the end. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, in that case, I'll my I'm gonna go with torta actually because I'm a sucker for sandwiches, and also not every place has good tortas, so whenever I can get them, I'm very excited to. Um, and then burritos with tacos last, which maybe is a little controversial. Yeah, I have tortas last just because I eat them the least. I mean, I eat nothing them the against least. them. But. Yeah, I eat them the least, but it's an availability problem as opposed That's to fair. a yeah. You know, um, and the other problem for me is that, I mean, I love tacos, but they almost always are corn tortillas. And for whatever reason, I don't like corn tortillas. That's fair. I love corn, but, you know, I, I guess I'm just it's, too it's, white. It's different, though. It's a little different. Yeah. I, I've grown to like corn tortillas, but, like, because I used to try to make corn, not from scratch, obviously, but, like, mm-hmm. have them at home and you got to prepare them a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've never hand ground your own masa and then, you know, <laughs> made tortillas. No, my, my my roommate is Mexican and her family is she grew she was born in Texas, so obviously mm-hmm. that's like her her family does that and it's yeah. a lot. 
it's a very long process. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean I've made flour tortillas, but I've never tried to make corn. Yeah, like, it's a whole thing. Yeah, too much. All right, Ken, give us the lowdown on the the diabetic options uh, here. Well, to answer your question, um, in my twenties, my preference would have been burrito, torta, taco. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think burritos are, you know, just perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh, tortas also good, and then tacos they uh, have a very short uh, window in which they're enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now I'm almost exclusively bowls. Uh, that's my preferred method. Uh, although the taco salad is a close second, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a hard wrapped shell and then you know a salad in there with all of the the stuff. Hey, taco so. salad's great. Yeah, taco salads are great. Yeah, Christina like, has described them as uh, I'm mostly good, but a little bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's uh, and not that I know anything about uh, what you how to manage yeah, diabetes yeah, no, in terms of your food, but like just general healthy eating, you want to eat mostly good and then a little bit of bad. A little bad. <laughs> just keep things interesting. Just throw it in there. Don't need to all be keto freaks or something. Gotta gotta keep life interesting and uh, yeah, you know, no need for that. And eat some cheese or carbs every once in a while. Yep, you gotta treat yourself. Treat yourself. Also, the the, the Mets have followed us have followed this in April. Mostly good, but sometimes bad. Yes. <laughs> Has it been mostly good? I would say the West Coast trip is like it, that's yeah. the best West. That's the best road trip I've ever seen the Mets have. And it was against like the Dodgers too, so yeah, I'll, I mean, it I'll, feels, I'll allow it. <laughs> it feels weird because like half the offense isn't hitting. Beatty and Alvarez are not lighting things on fire and uh, and not being used in the ways we'd want. Beatty's ent- really turned it around. Yeah, but, he, he, yeah, he's picking it up. Um, but he's still not playing. Like Buck is still insisting on sitting him against lefties or whatever, and um. The entire pitching staff is hurt and or suspended. I know. It's so bad. And yet, and yet they're playing at like a 95 win pace. Like, oh, no, they're not in first at the end of April. It's I know. Yeah. The end of the world. <laughs> like they're three, two games back at the Braves. I think it's two now. And then they play two tomorrow because they they were like a game back or something. And then mm-hmm. they lost. On Friday. Right. Something it's not like, like they're not like they're in the same division as the Rays or something. And they already have a 10 game lead. Like it's it's fine. Um. Yeah, it feels it feels worse than it's been. So I think you're right. Anyway, uh, with our more detailed than I expected discussion of Mexican food delivery systems out of the way, uh, let's go into our draft updates. Uh, since I'm already flapping my gums, I'll go first. Um, my dude Colton Ledbetter this week went five for sixteen, two homers, a walk, a strikeout, a steal. Um, season to date. 325, 466, 613 with 11 home runs, 16 steals, and only one caught stealing. Almost twice as many walks as strikeouts. Um, has been on base in all but two games. It's the same spiel I say every week. He's really good. Um, Baseball America had him at 40th on their most recent draft update, which was honestly lower than I expected him. Yeah. I mean... If if that's the consensus, the he's he'll be there for the Mets at 32. One would hope. Um, and again, I think that would be a, a pretty nice pick. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that represents some sort of industry knowledge as opposed to just their internal rankings. But who can say? 
who wants to go next? I could go next because mine was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. He, um, Rock Cholowski went one for four, two for three. I mean, two for, yeah, two for three. And then one for three, he hit a home run. He drove in, um, sorry, that's the wrong column. He drove in one, he drove in five in three games this week. So, yeah, it's just when the when the prep kids are really good in high, in high school, that's really the story. They're just better than everyone else, and it's very funny to see sometimes, like, the numbers that they put up. Uh, but, yeah, he's good. He could play. Like, I think he's good. I just think he's not much considered to be a prospect because, I mean, in this draft, because it seems like he's just going to go to school. So. How do I spell his last name? Because I think I'm misspelling it right now. C-H-O-L-O. H-O. W. S K Y. I was misspelling it. He is ranked 38th. Uh, See, so yeah. I think honestly, my hot take is that it's 38th and not higher, is because he has a pretty strong UCLA commitment. Yeah, I could buy that. And if it was higher, then if if he was less concerned about going to school and he was kind of vocal about really wanting to go to UCLA when he signs, then I think he would be higher. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Which, like, he's, I mean, good for you if you want to go. No, it like, makes I'm sense. He's, like, he's not, like, quite good enough a prep to demand, mm-hmm. like, five million bucks or something. But yeah. he's also not going to take two million to not go to UCLA or, or something along those lines. Which, which you know, exactly. I get it. He's in that middle zone. And, and frankly, also NIL is a thing now. and that Especially I'm UCLA, sure yeah. It's factoring into the equation, I'm sure, for him. Like, being in L.A. and being able to do that stuff is... He's not going to some small town somewhere. You know, he's going to live in L.A. and have opportunities like that. And UCLA is like a big program. So not not going to directional Florida Southeast school or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think like opinions on like push. If you think the future talent projections kind of a push like in this area, you're almost better off taking a college bat and saving the money than than giving him a lot extra. Just the way the draft works now, particularly because the Mets. Don't have a huge pool. Agree. No. Draft him in three years. It's fine. Yep. I look like a genius when he's their first round pick it's in 2020. Big brain. You were the earliest <laughs> on the train. You also predicted Carlos. <laughs> I don't think you predicted Carlos Cortez. No. I, I thought um Andrew Painter was good. And look at me now. Yeah, that was a good call. Certainly. Good call. Uh, Ken, go ahead. Uh, Yo, Andy Morales um, generally had a pretty great week. Um, he had a pretty great week the week before, but this week he went eight for 15 um, against Florida Atlantic and then three games against Louisville. He hit two homers, um, the only extra base hits in there against Florida Atlantic, but on the week he hit 533, 632, 933, that'll play. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, and that's against like a good program. So, uh, yes, the majority of the damage was against, um, you know, a, a middle of the pack conference team. Uh, but, you know, he's, he hit 500 against uh, like pretty good competition. Um, on a season now, he's hitting 375, 449, 625. Um, <clears throat> So again, uh, more in line with what you would have thought preseason. Um, yeah, I would say his stock is slightly up, but um, he's currently ranked, I think, 23 at MLB Pipeline. 
uh, when they did their their reorg. I think that's correct. And BA, BA has him 22 in the most recent top 22. 400. Yeah, so, I mean, he's getting um, closer to he's, – he's in the ballpark, I guess, of where the Mets are picking. I mean, um, um, it feels like he had that a bit of a rough start and slipped down, and now he's moved back to where he basically started the season, more or less. Yeah, um, which is good uh, yeah. for us, at least. Yes. Um, yeah, it's good for the Mets. <laughs> I do wonder at the Go front ahead. end of the zone, and uh, I, I think he could slip a little more. I do wonder if there's going to be some, and I, and I don't mean this to be a player comp, but I do wonder if there's going to be a little bit of residual trepidation among teams to draft this profile, given um, how badly Jacob Berry collapsed. Um, and and they're very different players. Berry was a, obviously a much more flawed prospect from the jump uh but you know that sort of recency bias is might might be sticking around in the back of some of these people some of the draft uh, uh directors heads and be like i don't want to be the one to whiff big on a on a corner college bat or something this time around at least that's better at 20 or 30 than what was very six or six. some oh <laughs> like that's as soon as that happened everyone was like oh really and then yeah. here we are but yeah. if if the Mets took him took a Jacob Berry type at 32, I'm like, all right, it's not great, but you're picking at 32. There's other things you could do with the draft after that. Yep. Like it's fine there. It's defensible uh, there. I, I also think Morales is like does not have the obvious like weak exit velocity numbers that Barry had in various other issues. Oh, so. quite quite the opposite. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's Barry, different. Barry's 90th percentile was like. 106 if i recall which is horrific for that profile <laughs> like really not good yeah it needs uh, to i do be not understand the marlins does anyone understand the marlins well that's why they are the way that they are yeah and why every year they're like where are the marlins offense it's like well you took jacob berry in, in with the sixth pick that's yes, where the offense that's, is that's where it's gone um okay so that's our draft update I will quickly run through the uh, performance of the minor league teams here. Uh, it was not a pretty week overall. Let's put it that way. And it gets worse as we go further down. Um, Syracuse went three and two. Uh, they're playing. We're recording a little bit earlier than usual today. So the, the Sunday games are mostly still going on or rained out, depending where things are. Um, they're currently 14 and 12. That puts them third in the International League East. Uh, notable performers, Mark Vientos, uh, hit 389, 455, 789 this week. That's seven for 18 with three walks to only two strikeouts and a home run. Uh, continuing his hot start, I think his way to run creators plus is just under 200. Um, so even with AAA baseball being played on the moon, that's pretty good. That's impressive. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can't say that I've had the time to, to, watch him in detail but maybe there's some legitimate changes there i'm not sure uh which if there was just a little bit more position flex you'd like to see the mets get him up and that's, do something that's the big concern for me yeah. with him coming up it's he can't play anywhere and i guess you could fake it with giorme being able to play three infield spots and mcneil could play the outfield and if you like dfa escobar or something then you could kind of do that but it's still that's kind of a gross bench that yeah, gets I mean, real is, gets real scary. <laughs> I, I love Daniel Vogelback both for the vibes and also because I think he's legitimately a good player, but 
this is kind of the problem with rostering a pure DH. Yeah, you need like a Chad Pinder type guy to mm-hmm. be behind him where mm-hmm. he kind of is the the fourth outfielder and the fifth infielder or whatever. You know, yep. that like that type of player would be kind of helps hide a Vogel back because you could you need less on your bench, but the bench is so inflexible as it is. Mm-hmm. And then if you're adding a Vientos type, then yeah. Which is why they're playing Ronnie at second base instead of whatever yep. they're doing. Like well, just, on that note, uh, they did play Mauricio every game this week at second base, I believe. Maybe there was one at shortstop. I, but he's spending the majority of his time at, at second, which is interesting good. for the call-up perspective. Uh, less good, he hit 238, 273, 286 this week with two strikeouts and a walk and didn't have an extra base hit. So not as positive. Um Obviously, I mean, the the top line numbers for both Vientos and Mauricio are both uh, significantly better than we might have expected coming into this season. But who do you guys see as more legitimate uh, in terms of improvement? One or the other, Um, or I guess neither at this point. There was a really good uh, Jeffrey Padanastro, friend of Amazing Avenue and uh, beyond, wrote a really good uh, Ron and Mauricio piece for baseball prospectus last week or this week. I don't remember what it came out. This week, this week. But did did you read it? I don't know if you had a chance to read it. It looks like he has made actual improvements. Obviously, it's early, and those could regress and everything, but it's interesting. And I think it's interesting that the Mets have opted. Because if the Mets were going to trade him, then you don't move him off shortstop. You keep him there for the value. But if you're playing him at second base, then you think that he could make an impact with the Mets. And I think Vientos is like we talked about his position, his lack of positional flexibility is going to make it really hard for him to get called up unless someone gets hurt, which Vogelback does not have the best knees in the world or lower body in the world. He had a hamstring injury last year. It's been a thing for him. So I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if, if Vogie goes down for a little bit and we see him. But I think Mauricio is more of a chance to impact the Mets this year in a meaningful way. Interesting. Maybe I'm just a hater because I still don't. I still don't buy the Mauricio. No, I. I'm not saying like he's going to be a starter. I'm mm-hmm. saying like if he could just like be all right and play second base and shortstop and third and whatever and do and do stuff like that, then that's fine. Like mm-hmm. they don't need him to start mm-hmm. because his best his best side is still going to be hidden by Vogie anyway. Being a he's a better left-handed hitter than a right-handed hitter. So. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, and I don't think there is anyone else super notable to talk about at AAA. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even look because there's no one else I care about. Um, Grant Hart. Denny Ray is the starting tomorrow yeah. for the Mets. Yep. For the Mets. <laughs> so. The Mets. Didn't they option? Did they option him? Oh, he's going to be the 27th man. Duh. Yeah. Because Budo uh, got options this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I mean, maybe he's good. I don't know. I'm a little disappointed to see that Hartwig has slowed down a bit. He's walking too many guys, but it's also relief work, and the sample sizes are all small. Um, and I think he's good anyway. Like, I know I he's kind of into a walkie streak, but... Uh, and then the rest of the AAA roster is kind of whatever. Okay, moving on down to Binghamton. 3-2 uh, and two this week. They are currently 10-9, and nine, fourth place in the Eastern League North... I wrote North Easy. Northeast. Uh, they're four and a half games back of Portland. Uh, notable performances this week. Uh, Mike Vassell, five innings pitch, seven strikeouts, three in runs. Um, 
Dominic Hamill went four and four and a third with seven strikeouts and two earned runs. And, How many walks? Uh, only two. Um, oh, so not nice. not awful. I mean, neither of these guys. I mean, I'm actually really interested in what Vassell's been doing, given that his strong. <clears throat> oh, that is the wrong player. I'm trying to pull up Mike Vassell on Fangraphs. I do not want ads. Mike Vassell's current strikeout per nine is 15.19, and his walks per nine is 1.13. That's pretty good. It's it's an interesting step from someone who looked like the worst guy out of the the three with Hamill and whose name am I blanking on? Seymour. Yeah, and and Ziegler, too. I was thinking of him, too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He Vassal to me was the clear worst of those three, and now he's taken the most steps I think this year, mm-hmm. which is that's prospects, baby. Sometimes yep. it happens. Meanwhile, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Carson Seymour can't uh, has a negative strikeout minus walk for uh, the Giants in Double A. So you know, and I was real mad about that last year. I so. still am mad, real mad about that because JD. Dav- <laughs> it turns out JD Davis was actually good all along, and the Mets just couldn't make it work. So <sighs> that's fair feel somewhat vindicated on that front anyway that's the both of those are the pitchers i mean i like both of them i think we've had uh uh i mean we're generally pretty optimistic about these guys no i don't think any of them are going to be top of the line starters but they've all got interesting stuff um on the offensive side uh, the binghamton roster is a little bare bones but matt rudick continues to maybe make his case to be a guy he had a very uh, appealing week for me five for 13 with six walks and only three strikeouts um still has a 186 weighted runs created plus on the season uh the power gains are are not huge like he hit a couple homers early and then the extra base hits have kind of tapered off a little bit but i don't know i still see something here i'd like to see them push him up to triple a soon and see what he can do there because the I'm outfield sure. depth in this org is shit I'm sure he's going to make his way to Syracuse before too long. He's also 5'6", so, you know, another great short guy to root for. Uh, anything else interesting for Binghamton? No, because it's Binghamton. Uh, on to Brooklyn. They only played three games this week because the weather outside oh, has been God. absolutely miserable. So uh, frightful. The most frightful weather you've ever seen. You, Penny is most unhappy. She absolutely hates going out in the rain, and she's uh, very angry, just glaring at me constantly. <laughs> um, Brooklyn went 1-2. and two. They're 6-11. and 11. Uh, They were last in the South Atlantic League North. Uh, do we want the good news or the bad news first in terms of the, the lines of the week here? Mm, give me the bad news first. Kevin Parada went three for 13 with four yeah. strikeouts. Well, he's been, yeah, up and down. So far. what the hell, what the hell's going on here? He's just not playing well, like either side of the ball. It's very frustrating. I mean, I know, I know I had Jet ahead of him, but I still liked Parada. I did. I like, I thought that was a really nice pick. I do not, didn't see this coming. I don't dislike him at this point. Like, I don't want to say that he's done or whatever, or I think he's bad. It's just a weird start to the season for him where he just hasn't really con- done what a lot of people expected him to do. Yeah, pretty rough. Um, Alex Ramirez, I guess, is the middle news here. He went four for, le- for 11 with a couple of walks. 
I think his stock is a little down on the season, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't know that the reports have been great, even though he looks a little bit more yoked up. Um, but to revisit the discussion we've had like three weeks running now, Stanley Quinstegro went three for 11 with a homer, a walk, and a steal. He hits He's the ball good. with such authority. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to homer in that park. No. A little easier for a righty. I've got that right, right? I'm trying to remember the part. Yeah, a little easier yeah. for a righty. But still, when his line on the season, he's hitting 274, 366, 565, four homers and 71 plate appearances, striking out under 20%, walking more than 10%, 142 weighted runs created plus. He's only 22. I mean, that's a little bit older than you'd like for high A, but he's had all the injuries. Yeah, that's like a circumstantial uh, Mm -hmm. 22 and still in high A thing. And. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh, you're you're good here. You could, you could go to uh, Binghamton a little earlier than the rest of them. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Cause we got 240 plate appearances at high last year. 249, excuse me. Maybe give him an – if he's hitting this well in at, say, 150 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Promote? Before yep. that? After yep. that? So where do you guys think? I would say let him – let him start the year there like how many did you say one so he had he had 249 there last year he's at 71 right now i saying give him another 80 there so let him get up to 150 total i think that's fine and then kind of make sure that it's sticking everything that's Mm -hmm. going on and just call him up and let him go because then at that point he has enough double a time where if he hits well in double a he could start at syracuse next year and then you actually have some type of prospect outfield, you know, mm-hmm. like you could kind of get the ball rolling on 2024. You could see him in, on, in Queens, which is imagine telling someone that a few years ago. Yeah. You know, that would have been, I mean, it's, it's a legitimate concern for the Mets next year. I mean, uh, fam's a free agent. Canada's a free agent. I don't think you want to play McNeil in the outfield full time. Marte is already having health issues and you're going to need, they're going to need more outfielders. Yeah. This is part of why we were, or at least I was yelling about the uh, the Korean dude so much this offseason. Hopefully he actually does come over next year and the Mets are in on that. It um, seems like he's pretty much going to. Like, that's pretty much the, yeah, the, Mets the strong really be, expectation. The Mets should really be in on that. Especially with how bad the free agent market looks like oh, for hitter. If you're not signing Shohei, you, you, you're signing, like, Matt Chapman or no one. And then, like, you could kind of... You could galaxy brain it and sign chat, which I don't really want them to do, but you could sign Chapman and put Beatty in the outfield, but Beatty looks fine at third. Obviously he's not Matt Chapman, like Matt Chapman's. I do love Matt Chapman. He's a top three defensive third baseman with Machado and Arenado, whichever order you want to put them in, probably Arenado first, but you could put Beatty in left, but then can Beatty play the outfield at a major league level like that? You know, you're kind of getting into the weeds with other stuff like that, so... I mean, I think you also want to be thinking long term about Nimmo's health. He's not does not have the greatest health track record. He's going to be going into his 30s. You have him signed to a long term deal. Like having a younger center field option. Like mm-hmm. I have to look up his name because I cannot remember his name. Jesus, Korean baseball MVP last year. What's his name? Lee Jung Hoo. Um, having a younger guy who can handle center field would be really helpful i think um yeah because so. uh, i think at some point nimmo is going to have to transition out of center yeah, not anytime soon 
not anytime. I don't think anytime soon, but you got to start thinking about that stuff too. Could just I mean, you'd to like him, the you know. ability to have him in the lineup because his bat is incredible in a very non-traditional way, but very incredible. And maybe reduce the stress on his legs sometimes. So maybe you get him some additional left field time as the years go on. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, unless he's one of those dudes who's like, no, I play one position. Fuck off. All this is to say that getting to Stanley Consuegra's a, a developmental timeline move in here would be good for the organization as a whole. So let's get him up to Binghamton. Yep. All right. Now we're down to the rough part. St. Lucie went 0-5. They are now 5-15. and Shockingly, that is last in the Florida State League East. Um, to make it worse, Jet only played two games this week. I haven't seen any news about an injury. I don't know why else he wouldn't be playing. Uh, so a bit concerning there. I don't know that anything ha- like his last game was pretty good. Um, certainly something to keep an eye on there. Uh, Reimer had another good week, six for 15, three walks. He's striking out too much and not, he's still hitting the ball on the ground a bit. I'm not too concerned, but, uh, grim picture down in St. Lucie right it's, now. They're so bad, like bad. They just give up so many runs. It's, their it's, pitching is the problem, yeah. I thought their pitching was actually going to be okay when I did the preview, and I was very, very wrong. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I figured this was going to happen. Like, I thought they were going to be worse because I thought kind of Brooklyn was going to get a lot of the the reason why they won the, the league last year was mm-hmm. they're all moving up to Brooklyn now. But mm-hmm. I kind of figured with Jet and with Reimer and with other guys that they've kind of drafted and are bringing over to the states they were going to be a little better but they're just dire it's rough it's it's pretty bad and maybe some of these uh maybe they get some reinforcements later in the season but it's uh and, and can do better in the second half but uh on the other hand presuming that this jet injury isn't anything serious if he keeps hitting like this you're probably going to promote him up to brooklyn for the second half of the season anyway so and even reimer is probably not going to spend the whole year down there because yep. I'm assuming he's going to stop striking out and start. He's already hitting, like, he's making contact. He's doing that stuff. It's not like he's striking out and walking and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I'm more worried about the launch angle with him. Like, and, I, and when I say worried, I mean, like, that's what's more on my mind. Like, just, you're hitting the ball hard. You have a good idea at the play. Just stop beating the thing into the ground, please. Yeah, like, he's he's 19, which, according to baseball references, two uh, – little over two years younger than the average player. Mm-hmm. And he's hitting 283, 443, 317. Mm-hmm. So you just, there it is. You see the problem. It's the 317. If that's higher, then we're like, oh, he's a, he's all over Twitter as a top prospect. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like, because yep. of the, the, the 283 and the, the 443 is insane as a 19-year-old in that league already. Just, he's just he's not hitting for power. No extra base hits. He has two doubles. It's the Beatty problem, right? Like, someone yeah. tell this dude to stop taking what to stop quote taking what the pitcher's giving you and flipping little singles to the opposite field like no you're a strong dude pull the fucking ball in the air and and like it took a little bit for that to click with Beatty. Uh, it's not gonna it's it's a lot of it's a lot of high school coaching is probably not they're probably not teaching you to hit the ball with launch angle in high school you know he's learning to just like get a single like you know and that's because that's 
fine strategy for most of the high school kids, which, you know, this is a different story. And now he's a professional hitter. The Mets want him to hit home runs. And uh, I also, and you could, you know, better than I, because I never played high, high school baseball or baseball at any high level, but like, I would assume that making contacts a lot more uh, important because the fielding is just so much worse. So, oh, so yeah, you kind of like, just hit the ball somewhere and hope. Like I played competitive travel ball in, in Brooklyn and Queens and stuff. And it was just like, my, my coaches were like, don't hit, hit the ball on the ground. And that's fine because that'll get, that'll be a single with like field conditions and other things that you're worried about. Like, and it normally was like, mm-hmm. sometimes you'd play teams who were real good and it was like, all right, you got to start trying to lift the ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for the vast majority of some third baseman who's like, that's, he's probably, he's a backup on a travel team. He's not going to be good enough to like, you'll beat out the single anyway. You know, yep. it's a lot of stuff like that. So the, the Reimer has been interesting for me. He's been like a bright spot on that team for me mm-hmm. with him and Jet. Like every time I do the recaps, I'm like, oh, what did they do? And then I'm kind of like, oh, everyone else is there. Okay, so we've covered all the routine business for the week. Um, now let's talk about the interesting uh, uh, stuff. Uh, as I mentioned at the, the start, uh, we have Cinco de Mayo coming up, which means we get the Copa de la Diversion. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. I took French instead of Spanish in high school. I'm sorry. Um, but it's the cool uh, uh, Latin America-inspired logos that we love every year. Um as usual, let's let's talk about the Mets uh, organizational ones, and then we can go more general. Is it me or do the Mets suck at this every year? They're always kind of boring. That the, there's one that I really like. I have a hat. Um, we'll we'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. so this year we to... have the Congueros Congueros de Syracuse. Um, the logo there is just uh, they've got like Congueros in big red letters, and then drums for the O's. It's fine. Um, we've got the Condors to Binghamton, which is actually pretty good. You got like a big eagle, well, I guess a condor looking thing with a bat and he's multicolored. And then we have the Brooklyn Heffas, which is a cool name, but I think the logo is super boring because it's That's just the hat the, I have. It's really? a nice little, yeah, I have that because it's dark like blue. That? Yeah, it's, it's dark blue and it's gray and it's like one of the bridges and there's mm. a crown kind of connecting the bridge. So mm-hmm. it makes the bridge look like a crown and Hefe's means king. So like that's pretty I think it's pretty like I think it's pretty low key and nice and that's okay. why I like it. If it means like, I thought Hefe was boss. Yeah, boss king, yeah. But they okay. like it's kinda like a you can kinda use it both ways type okay. thing. Alright, now that makes it a little better. You have any favorites here, Ken? Uh so of the Met system, uh in terms of theme, probably the Condore. I'm with you on that. Uh, just it's new. Uh, I like the color scheme a lot. And, um, you know, it's it's maybe not the first thing you think of. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may actually buy a Syracuse Mets uh, Copa hat by the time this podcast is over. <laughs> uh, everything about the design of the hat in terms of, like, a hat, perfect. Uh-huh. Okay, no, I see the hat. The hat's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, very I'm, cool. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Good. Okay, can you describe the hat for us here, Ken? Uh, so in general, I love tricolor hats where the um the the front panel is something lighter. Oh, than that. Uh, also in general, it looks like um a lot of Puerto Rican flag elements are embedded within the design. 
uh just very very cool mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i think a perfect perfect hat <laughs> I, th- I i will the the logo is super underwhelming but the like the just the text yeah but the, the design the, they have on the hat is, yeah. is quite good i'll give it's you that pretty epic. also if you look at the bongos it's baseball they're baseballs mm-hmm. like they yep. have stitching in them that's really somebody cool. hired a really nice graphic designer to put that together graphic yeah, design really was good. in fact their passion was in fact their passion <laughs> right? which not not the case for all of these so uh, most some, but maybe not all of them some of them are i like how rough. i like how one of them is just the wichita wild surge is just a tipped over cow i love that one it's great <laughs> can you send that one to the chat <laughs> yeah i got you um yeah this is great content for a for an audio medium here yes we're looking at pictures of hats uh maybe i'll throw i'll throw the links we're looking at into the the write-up so people can uh look along with us um i do want to say that these oh, are always amazing the minor league stuff is always really good and always really fun because they really lean into the fact that it's the mine like yeah. for all the bad that the minors are with the underpaying of players which is getting a little better and all that stuff like the minor leagues are really fun like Mm -hmm. it's it's a different type of game like going to minor league games and going to independent games and stuff like that and they lean into the fact that it's fun and baseball supposed to be fun that's really how i feel about these yeah i mean it's uh i mean i i don't know that i i don't know that i want or that you necessarily need this level of um the word i'm looking for comedy at the major league level but i wish we had a little bit more of it like it's a game it's supposed yeah, to be fun they, there's a space in the middle where like yeah. you get the you get the city connects and they're like our history and they're talking it's like all this stuffiness about like in 1937 they the, also the Seattle, ugly shit most of the time and and it's it's like the rangers thing like it they're talking about like two teams from the 1940s who, and that's great but the uniform looks like shit so who cares <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, this is, there's no, this isn't rooted in history. It's celebrating something. It's celebrating an important thing. And also, they're fun. Mm-hmm. That's it. It doesn't need to be any more serious than that sometimes. And that's why I really like the Padres um, City Connects, because they're fun. Yep. It's just like, San Diego's kind of a cool place, man. And look at our cool uniforms. That's really it, you know? I may, I wish the Mets would do, like, a pink and black City Connect, like, the what their original colors might have been. That would be pretty. I'd buy that. But. You know what I want them to do, which is also it's not fun, but I want it to be purple and gray, like the seven train, like uh, the gray train, I like and that. the seven and the seven purple, and have like the diamonds, like a like an express train, which obviously, unfortunately, never run during weekday home, go home games. Nope. But get fucked. Like taking the local train. <laughs> <laughs> like have like the Mets logo and like a diamond express thing on the hat and all that stuff, but it's gonna be like black <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's how the city connects just seem to be going. Don't worry, we're going to get our monotone uh, players weekend jerseys again, too. That's going to be just wonderful. Remember anyway, that? instead of thinking about bad major league uniforms, uh, what are your favorite uh, brandings here across baseball, not just the Mets orgs for the uh, Copa uh, uh, teams? I have a couple that I really like, but I'll, I'll let you guys go first here. Um, I'm looking at them right now. I will say the chicharrones is always an excellent one, and that that's a, that one is uh, not new, I'm, but uh, I'm wearing a chicharrones hat as we speak. Excellent, yes. That is the only one that I, I currently own. 
who are the Columbia Fireflies uh, associated with now? I want to say Royals. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I miss those. Those are always good, though. Yes. Like every time. They are. Um, but the Richmond Flying Squirrels having the squirrel and like a luchador mask is really fun. Mm hmm. That was last year's, but still, very fun. Do you guys want to start with the new ones? We could maybe go through that. Might, that might actually make ones, more sense. And yeah. then we can broaden it from there. Yeah, sure. Again, so when pit, Steve is away. <laughs> we're winging this. We're doing this live. Um, yeah, all right. So give me your favorite. I can give you my favorite new one, actually, because one of the ones I had picked out was was one of the new ones. I really like the uh, Pensca- Pensacola Pock to Pock. Um, I believe it's supposed to be a Mayan playing the the ball game, uh, like in Rotel Dorado or any other movie that re- references Mesoamerican culture. Um, the color scheme's really great. The mascot's really cool. I think it's it's excellent. Um, I wish there was a hat, but I don't think there is. That's available. There is. There oh is. My God. I don't see, see it. Uh, anyway, uh, I re- I really like that one as a as a logo. That's for the Pensacola Blue Walk. <sighs> And I don't know who they're affiliated with. I will tell you right now. Pensacola. There are so many of these I want to buy. This happens. <laughs> I know every it's, it's year. like this every, every year. I, I look literally at was just at Chichen Itza. <laughs> like, oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, Pensacola. Blah, 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 blah. They are the Marlins affiliates. Uh, yes, yeah, so I really like that one in terms of the new logos. The um I don't know if this is new I think it is new but the Erie Seawolves having the pinata and he's all like kind of mad like he's just like an angry little pinata it's very good he's like a bull it's that's a good one I'm looking for this one Let's see I do not see that one actually am I blind I see an angry bull but it's for the uh. The Toros de Durham, the Durham Bulls, but... I, the, the names are always funny, too. Yes. What's the uh, one we're looking for? The Sea Wolves the, apparently have an angry piñata. It's on the third page of one of the ones Ken sent. Mm. Yes, I will include all of these links for you listeners in the uh, podcast description on, on the site. Um it also has a really nice colorway because the top is red and the brim is like sky blue. I'll also say in terms of the other new ones, I really like the. Uh, I'm so sorry for how I'm butchering these. The Paetas de Beloit, which is the Beloit sky carp, but they're like a lime popsicle now. Who is nice. oddly happy about being eaten? It seems, but <laughs> no, it, it's pretty great. It's his life's uh, work. I think I think he's happy that the team is having success and it's distracting him from being eaten. So, <laughs> or or just that I missing chunk of his brain is uh, d- distracting from his ability to be uh, upset about his current predicament. Um, uh, let me see. I really like the Micheladas Dorinos. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at that one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lovely beverage, the Michelada. Um, and uh, really nailed it on the, the logo design. Mm-hmm. Don't know Mean about the wisdom of taking it at bat with a toothpick in your mouth, but but um, I appreciate yeah, the energy. 
Uh, one of the ways I evaluate these are um, if I had a, a men's softball team, if, if I would make everybody buy this hat. <laughs> totally, totally would. Great, yeah. great uniform hat. Um, the uh, the uh, trash pandas being the uh, Lunaticos de Rocket City, and it's a uh, like a giraffe holding a baseball in his mouth. Yep, that one's also good. They're, They're all good. Like all of these are. Well, good. Let, well, let me turn this around. Which one, are there any that you really don't like that are really underwhelming? I have one or two that I think are a little underwhelming and could be better. Um, I would say the Daytona Tortugas one, but the hat's really nice. Mm. Cool. I don't love the the Memphis Redbirds or the Musica the Memphis. Very boring. Yeah, it's, come on. Like I get what yeah, they're going boring. for, but you could do better than that. It's yeah, not really an attempt at celebrating culture. It's uh, or a specific culture. It's more of a you know general thing. Mm-hmm. Um, by and large, though, these are excellent. I'm very glad that this is continuing despite whatever fuckery MLB wants to do with the minor leagues continually because this is uh, always an excellent part of the year and if I was into hats I would buy many that's just it's part of the fun of the main of the minors you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so if we have nothing else to to add on to there we'll wrap things up here uh if anyone has any questions comments Whatever. Send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. Uh, Steve is at Steve Saipa. I am at El Vlahos343. Ken is at Ken Levin, Lavin91. Sorry. And Thomas is at Sad Mets Season. S-E-N, whatever. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review. And thanks for listening. Uh, as a reminder, we are now a Patreon-based podcast, so if you like our podcast or any of the other ones in the Home Run Apple network, you can subscribe for just $5 a month and get extra stuff like bonus episodes, exclusive content, uh, and the deep-down satisfaction of knowing that you're helping to support us, uh, and it's very much appreciated. On the last bonus episode, has enough to eat. <laughs> on, on the last bonus episode, me and Allison completely called the baby um, – offensive explosion that happened like mm-hmm. two days after that episode yes. came up and he went three for three or whatever it was so prescient that's, that's the hidden hidden gems you're missing if yes you, don't. you you can listen to alice i feel like it's usually the most common people who hop on these things with brian or alice and thomas and myself and we just sit there and rant for an hour or so and Usually, uh, just usually it's cathartic release about dumb shit the Mets are doing, but sometimes it's yeah. good stuff every once in a while. So, anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, and hopefully Steve will be too. Uh, until then, love the Mets, love the Mets.